Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doink and Doink Connection, the podcast where Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. In today's episode, we're going to be going over everything that happened in AEW and Impact Wrestling. ourselves a very big week in all elite wrestling and impact with both fighter fest night one and impacts wrestlemania slamiversary and boy were both really really good shows yeah um i like that aew does these kind of almost takeover special event kind of things kind of like um the Great American Bash and New Year's Evil and stuff where it's specials. Yes. Where it feels more important. You gotta catch it. You gotta watch the show. Yeah. Um, this was the first one of Fighter Fest Night 1. Um, they do this. It's kind of like last year with Super Tuesday for uh, 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 NXT. Yep. Where they had two nights. Fighter Fest is two nights. The first night happened this past week. Fighter Fest Night 2 is happening tomorrow night. But... We're going to go over Fighter Fest Night 1, and then we were going to jump right into Slammiversary because a ton happened. But starting with the first match um, was between John Moxley and Carl Anderson, which is such a great match, so underrated. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't think of Carl Anderson as a singles wrestler, then go watch some of his Japan stuff. Go watch some of his Impact stuff. Yeah. Um, he's an incredible singles wrestler. Well, he's an incredible wrestler, period. You yeah. Know what I mean, um, he's one of the guys who, you know, his... His last stuff in WWE was still really good. Yeah. I just, for whatever reason, they just decided to get rid of him and Gallows. And, I mean, they've been lighting it up. Yeah. Lighting it up. And both Impact and, and AEW, AEW. Yeah. Because they which crossed is, them over quite a bit. Yeah, which is awesome because there is a ton of crossover. Um, but John Moxley did defeat Carl Anderson in a very, very good match to retain his uh, IWGP US title. Um, and then after that, following that match, we got... An announcement, a challenge kind of thing for this coming week's Fighter Fest Night 2 IWGP US title match. Two weeks back-to-back, defending the belt. But this time, he is facing off against, I believe, it's Lance Archer in a Texas death match. That's going to be a good match. That's going to be a very good match. I just don't see the IWGP allowing the belt to be dropped at a non-IWGP match. I uh, agree. You know, and event. I also see Moxley as more of a deathmatch wrestler than Lance Archer. So I don't see him winning a, a title in a deathmatch against Mr. Deathmatch. Yeah, Mr. Deathmatch, you know, post 2000s. Yeah. Because we don't even care, cover a ton of deathmatch wrestling because for me, some of it's really bad. Like, there's a lot of. Like, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, um, it might have been last week or whatever. The, the one death match that I really enjoyed was Sammy Callahan versus Pentagon. Mm-hmm. One guy who is a death match wrestler and one guy that is clearly not. Yeah. And this, I think, is going to be another good situation where we have John Moxley, who was Mr. CZW for a while, and Lance Archer, who is a great wrestler on his own, but I don't know if he has the uh, death match wrestling career like Moxley does. He may. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a fun match regardless um, because these guys can put on a great match. Uh, with brooms, yeah, so they, they really can, and um, I, I just like the idea that they're doing this open challenge for the IWGP title without really calling it an open challenge. Mm-hmm. It's just constant, 
he's constantly defending the thing. Yeah. So. And it's good to see that he actually is able to defend the belt because he can't go to Japan and defend it. Yeah. So he so AEW is allowing him to defend that belt on TV. Yep. Um our second title match and the first title change we're going to mention um this week. This was big. Is Brian Cage has lost his FTW world title to former Team Taz Ricky Starks. I know. This is huge just because of the fact that you're talking about a title that Taz himself you, brought in. Do you see very, very similar uh, 1A, 1B between Hurt Business and Team Taz? Yeah. Because you have Taz and, and Brian Cage, who were the first two, and then they brought on the other guys. They brought on Ricky Starks, and they brought on, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on the other guy's name? Um, he had one name. It was, I don't remember. Regardless. And then they split off. It's not going to happen in WWE where Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are going to win the world title from Bobby. But it's the same kind of situation where if they started to feud with him, it's where Ricky Starks is feuding with his former team. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think we might see something along those lines because as Lashley's, I think Lashley's going to continue this open challenge, not to talk WWE on this show, but Lashley's going to continue this open challenge thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we may see a Shelton Benjamin coming down to answer the call. Yeah. And like we'll talk about next week and like we already talked about on Lashley's just going to murder people. Yeah. Because that's what he does. And I honestly think Brian Cage was set up to be that domination. Of- I feel like he was that dominant character. Before an introduction of a new dominant character in AEW being Miro. Yeah, but they're they're, um, they're on two different tiers. You think? They're on two different tiers. Unless they're setting up Cage to be the guy who tries to take out Miro, which I don't think is a good move. I think you need somebody else to do that. I think um, I, I liked Cage just being this FTW guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just hurting people and taking them out and being that ECW style heel. Yes, correct. Yeah. Very dangerous. Exactly. We had a few more singles matches um throughout the rest of the night. We had a grudge match between Christian Cage and Matt Hardy, which was a very good match which Christian Cage got the win. Um I mean even in their later years in the ring, I mean they're going to put together a good match. There's yeah, not really it's... much else you can really say. It's not like it's not stuff that we haven't seen from them before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, they they still do tend to do some of the um high rope antics. Yeah. But not to the degree of, of their other hats Jeff and Edge that are still in the WWE yeah. because Jeff and Edge were the ones who took the more serious bumps. Mm-hmm. Where Matt and Christian were a little bit more of the... Um, it's like where Edge and Hardy are WWE former champions, and yeah. Edge and Christian are known... Or not Edge uh, and Christian. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy and Christian are more so known for their... Impact stuff. Uh, their impact and their ECW back when it was like... Yes. Uh, farm for yeah, yeah. WWE. Yeah, yeah, When they held the ECW title. Yeah. Um, we also had a match between Sammy Guevara and Wheeler Yuta. Um, not seen his work before, but again, very good match uh, for the both of them. Yeah, Sammy's doing a good um, job. Of Sammy's carrying, doing a very good job carrying people in matches. You know what I mean? And it's and it's kind of nice to see um, Callahan, not Callahan. I just <laughs> wrong Sammy. Uh, Sammy Guevara. Guevara. Yeah, in something different than Inner Circle and Pinnacle stuff. To see him branching off to yeah. having a match against somebody that's not related to either faction. So. Um, 
we all know it was a big deal when Jericho got on Talking Skulls. Mm-hmm. But if you broken watch, skulls. yeah, Broken Skulls. Um, if you get on YouTube and you watch how sometimes they do like them, like two minute clips of like Stone Cold's, you know, mm-hmm. quick thirty seconds or sixty second questions at rapid fire. Mm-hmm. So he asks Jericho who his favorite tag team partners have been all time, and he mentions Sammy Guevara because mm-hmm. he sees something in Sammy Guevara. I yeah, and it's and, and it's very obvious because <clears throat> I mean, just he's look, got this young blood. Just look at the match with MJF. Yeah. Wait, he springboards over the railing into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the kid's got just a natural gift. Yeah, two he, of the two of the new young guns yeah. in the professional wrestling scene. Now he had some issues outside the ring, which yeah. seemed to have been cleared up. And I think um, the heat he created on himself, which is very similar to X Pac heat, mm-hmm. where he where he does things in the back that piss people off. Um, I think he got to talking to about that, and I I think we're seeing a better a better Sammy. Yeah, I think I think, I think he's I think he's really cleared his cleared the air, mm-hmm. and he's really starting to come into his own as yeah. a professional wrestler. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> we had a singles match between Yuka Sakazaki, who is a new uh, newer competitor in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, at least to me, I haven't seen her name before. Uh, actually, had a match with Penelope Ford, uh, where Yuka picked up the win. Um, it's good momentum for her to get herself uh, a a name in the uh, women's division. Um, we're going to need to continue getting more people because although we'd like it, both of us, I know, would like to have Britt Baker carry that belt forever, we got to start building up new uh, new people in this division. And to be honest with you, it's the one thing that like WWE continues to have a stranglehold mm-hmm. over AEW with. Is the women's division. It doesn't matter if it's the Raw women's division, the SmackDown women's, the women's division, the NXT women's division, NXT the NXT WWE's totality of women's division mm-hmm. is is leaps and bounds better there is great talent in AEW but mm-hmm. it's very top Same it's very do you have like a few names right there sitting up at the top and then and the rest just kind of there's a gap there's a big big gap there's yeah. no real low mid and high card yeah. in the women's division it's very few high and then you start bringing the people up one at a time yeah you're not spreading it you're not giving a big and actually I'll give impact a, a nod over AEW as well I would as well I Im- definitely would impacts, as well. Uh, Im- yes, we do have some crossover. Yes. Uh, jumping ahead to Slammiversary, we did see Thunder Rosa, who has been on uh, AEW recently, but there has been some crossover, but there are the big standouts. Deanna Perrazzo, Chelsea Green, um, now Mickey James, all these big names that are from Impact and have only been an Impact recently. Yeah, I mean, and Mickey James had a great career in, in Impact. Yeah. When she left WWE mm-hmm. the first time. Yeah. So it's not like it's something we haven't seen before. Gail mm-hmm. Kim had an excellent career after she left WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, what's uh, Jordan Grace, yes. uh, Rachel Ellering, Rachel Fire, and, Fire and Flavor, yes. Havoc and Rosemary. The, they have so much talent over there um, to Neil Dashwood. Yes. And, and, and it's funny, too, because they lose somebody like... Um, um, Frankie Monet. Mm-hmm. They lose Frankie Monet, and the division just con- just continues to fine. roll. Just yeah. rolls on, rolls with the punches. They're gonna. I mean, you're gonna if, see if, you're gonna see the iconics on on yeah on impact. In, and, in my opinion, and I feel like um, I don't know when it'll happen, but I feel like it's inevitable. Britt Brit Baker to the WWE, considering Cole's there, or Cole to AEW. I mean, you, you yeah. got to play both sides of that, man. Just like we could talk about um, Jeff Hardy to. 
to AEW Impact or to Impact. AEW or Impact, and we could talk the other way. It's not like Matt Hardy left on bad terms. No, it's not like his they, contract expired. Exactly, and and Christian and Christian Cage, mm-hmm. WWE didn't want to use him as a full time superstar, and Christian felt he still had some stuff left in the tank, mm-hmm. so he went. It doesn't mean that these guys can't go back. It's just wh- which direction are we going to see it? Because um, yeah. it, it should be quite interesting. Yeah, it should. But back to <clears throat> yeah, we had a couple of uh, promo segments that I'm going to do before we get to this main event. Um, we had uh, Hangman Page come out, and he was having a uh, interview with Tony Schiavone with the rest of the. Or he was having a sit down, not a sit down, a in the ring interview with Tony Schiavone, where he's met by um, the the elite and the Good Brothers. So Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and the Good Brothers. Pa- uh, Page's family, his friends, the Dark Order, come out to back him up, and Kenny uh, lays down a challenge: ten man tag team match. If the faces lose, if you guys lose, you lose championship opportunity. So that means that the Bucks can't be challenged by the Dark Order. Kenny cannot be challenged by Hangman Page. He accepts the challenge. I don't know if it's happening this week or it's happening in a couple of weeks at their next Mm pay-per-view. But it's coming soon, and I have a feeling going to get a face win there because we're going to get Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, we have to get that match. I, I really do think we have, that, that's, the, that's the trajectory. And I would not be shocked if Kenny Omega is pinned in that match by Hangman. That would be a great, yeah. Because then we could get true 50-50 booking if they decide not to put Page, not to put the belt on Page. Yeah, and on top of it, it, it comes full circle mm-hmm. because Page is the one who lost the tag titles. Mm-hmm. He's the one who got pinned. So, um, we did skip a match, and I think we skipped the match of the night. I said we're going to talk about these before oh, the main event. Which was the, what was the main event? Because I was completely coffin. Okay, all right. Because so that was the main event. The order had me all off I know. on our notes. I'm I sorry. said, uh, yeah, okay. Regardless, my bad. It's all good. I'm a um, mess. Cody Rhodes came out to the ring pissed off. Oh yeah, because the new the new kid on the block, the new bastard on the block, whatever you want to call him, whatever Kenny had so many names, he called this guy. Um, he called out Malachi Black, and he says, be careful what you wish for, because he came up on the screen, they were going back and forth, and he says, be careful what you wish for, because he showed up in the ring, and they beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Before it, they had to be separated by referees. Very, the imagery is all I'm going to say. All black versus all white. Mm-hmm. Um, good versus the, evil. Good versus evil. The the lighting. Undertaker the versus Shawn Michaels at thank, WrestleMania. Thank 25. I wanted you to say it, not me. I wanted you to say it because I was I was going to say one of my favorite matches. It, it it it's the same imagery. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's imagery. the good versus evil. Yes. Um. And I feel like in this case we have to have evil prevail. If Cody beats Malachi Black, Alistair Black's back in the WWE I mean, faster than we expected. I mean. That's it's just wrong. Hunter will call him the next day. Yeah. So how did it feel getting buried? Yeah. How does it feel being stuck on Cody Island? You want to come back? I'll let you be in NXT. How many How many people have been stuck on Cody Island? My God, QT Marshall, Dustin, um, Miro was for a little yeah. bit. Um, rest his soul, Brody Lee was for a little bit. It's it's all these huge huge names that could do so much more, which they are now. Yeah. Being Miro, um, rest his soul, Brody Lee, after um, Cody Island, he kind of had his own run with the TNT title. Yep. The whole nine yards. Um, But please do not keep Malachi on this uh, Cody Island for too long. Yeah. Just have him 
beat Cody's ass and then shoot him to the moon. Yeah, and let Cody get written off TV for a little bit. He just had a new newborn baby. Yeah. Go home. Yeah, go home. Spend, Spend some, some time, time with your family. Yeah, exactly. Brandy, uh, I think Brandy was there last week, but she hasn't been there as frequently. Often. Exactly. So take some time off. Yeah. And then you want to go back into the main title picture? Let the good versus evil be your main <laughs> title picture with Cody and Malachi in a year. 2022, yeah. I put mean, put the belt on Malachi off of a face, some some face, and then put Cody. Doesn't it be Cody off a face? Can, could be off Andrade. Yeah, that would call back to NXT. Yep. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. Uh, but moving on, speaking of main event, let's move on to the main event of night one of Fighter Fest, the coffin match Oof. between Ethan Page and Darby Allen. This was a this was a great match. Very stiff, great match. Um it is becoming a Darby Allen staple to be very much like Jeff Hardy. And, and just, not give a shit for your body. Yes. Yes. Everyone wants to compare him. And I know when we were first talking AEW and the and the comeback of Sting and stuff, people were comparing them to. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. He is a lot more like Jeff Hardy. Yes. The ominous presence. The, the Sting helped him out a lot with building that character. Yeah. But like the, the bumps he takes, mm-hmm. the, the fall, it's... Very Jeff Hardy. The Razor's Edge, the Avalanche Razor's Edge. Into, into the stairs. The stair step, uh, the steel steps. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> the coffin drop into the coffin. Yes. Like. <clears throat> it hurts me to watch. Yeah, sometimes. it hurts me to talk about it. Like, my bones hurt talking about it. And, and the thing is, is Darby Allen's pretty young, right? Darby Allen is in his late 20s, I believe. He he can't be any older than thirty one. Darby Allen is twenty eight. Okay, twenty eight uh, years old. Twenty eight debut old. So, was twenty fifteen. So I bet you, if we go back to the first TLC match, Jeff Hardy was the same age. Mm-hmm. If I had to take a guess, uh, so TLC was that TLC one? Yeah, TLC one. Jeff Hardy age. I'm gonna guess he was twenty eight. TLC one. Let me just see if I can find the date. The year. <clears throat> so the first TLC match happened in 2000, August 27th, 2000. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy was born in 1977, so he was 23 years old. Okay. He might have been 22 because it was a few days before his birthday. Okay. There you go. Yeah, so I mean, it's crazy to think the how similar their ages were at at these points in their careers. Yeah, I mean, five years is, isn't a lot because if you really consider it, Darby Allen's been doing a lot of this stuff even before AEW on the yeah, independence. He, he was taking crazy bumps back I then. think he was in CZW, CZW for a little bit. Okay. I could be wrong. Regardless, great match. Uh, Darby Allen does pick up the victory yeah. here, does continue his... Uh, Upward his, trajectory. Yeah, exactly. His his attempt to go back after Miro, I think. I think, I think that's where it goes um, considering after he took that devastating destructive loss yeah um i think he's yeah i think he's got revenge i think he's looking for revenge but let's move on to slamiversary what a show yes what an absolute show um the show opened um and actually we had one pre-show match um i didn't know impact did pre-shows but i guess they did we had the knockouts tag team title match between Decay, I didn't know they had a tag name, but I love it. Decay, which is ha- Jessica Havoc 
and Rosemary versus Fire and Flava, Kiara Hogan, and Tasha Steeles, where Decay picks up the titles. They defeat Fire and Flava to end their reign and now are the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Great match, a lot of fun, um, and I think the right people came out of it. I think so, too. I <clears throat> I like those off-kilted characters. Yeah. You know, Abaddon. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss's character. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that stuff. And that was just because when I grew up, Undertaker was one of my favorite mm-hmm. wrestlers, and then Kane became yeah. one of my favorite wrestlers. And um, to see the representation of the women's division being put through the tag team division on the backs now of two characters who are kind of slightly off. Mm-hmm. It's going to add a lot of chaos to yes, the division. Yes, and this is where we may see a spillover of some of the middle card females from AEW to maybe go after these tag belts. Mm-hmm. Like You could get an Abaddon maybe spilling mm-hmm. over. And- we could see uh, the bunny and somebody else form a tag team. Correct. We could see some sort of sort of off kilter. Yes. Uh, tag teams to go against them. Yeah, because you're gonna need to go off kilter to defeat a team like this. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. Just like you had to go off. It's kind of you have to go off kilter to defeat Alexa Bliss. You have to go off kilter to defeat the Fiend. Off kilter to defeat Undertaker. Mankind. Any exactly. of those guys. Any and and even if you go back into TNA and Impact, who was the gentleman? Um, why can't I think of him? His name. Crazy Steve. Not Crazy Steve. No, he wore um. Abyss? Abyss. Yeah. You had to go off kilter to defeat Abyss. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like something you could just go in there and just And even Willow. Him. Yeah. Again. When Jeff Hardy played Willow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had some off kilter matches for sure. Or. Yeah. Or um another one, Sting, Joker Sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you had to tap into something else to go after those people. Darby Allen. There you go. You, you have these off kilter characters that you need to. You need to tap into the dark place in your mind. Yes, and they're not comedic characters. Like we're not talking about the gobbledygooker or no, you know, we're not talking boogeyman. Like, you know, creepy, crazy Papa Shango. Yeah, well, Papa Shango was interesting. If you go back and you watch some of his stuff, his stuff was quite interesting. The way he was able to possess like the ultimate warrior and stuff, and it worked in that campiness. But that campiness doesn't work now. You need to almost create a genuine because fear of K-Fabe's your character. Quote unquote dead. Yes, you can't. You say it the best. What do we have to do to enjoy to, wrestling? You have to suspend disbelief. Exactly. Okay? To, to, to enjoy need, wrestling in 2021, you need to suspend your disbelief and just enjoy it for what the art is. Yeah, and you have to look at some of these characters and you have to watch how they're being portrayed. Like uh, like, like the way Abaddon's being portrayed, Alexa Bliss can't portray her character the same way. Mm-hmm. They kind of went that way at WrestleMania, and it kind of didn't really work. No. But they've allowed Now we her, just have this kind of like she's zany. really zany and kind of... But it's just... Oh, it's like weird. But she has this... Like you can see there's a switch in the background. Mm-hmm. With Abaddon, that switch is on all the time. Yeah, because Alexa has this like super cutesy, playful kind of character. But when business is happening, the snap happens... And you can't mess with her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Abaddon, the snap's just on. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, same, she... same thing with Havoc and Rosemary. It's yeah. on. It's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the main card, we had the Ultimate <clears throat> X match, which I don't know if you've ever watched an Ultimate X match before this one. Oh, they're crazy. 
it's essentially a ladder match, but there's no ladders. You have to climb like scaffolding and freaking high wires to get the title. You don't get a ladder to climb to grab the title. No, you have to monkey bar your ass across to get the title. And we had Josh Alexander, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Petey Williams, and Rohit Raju all beating the absolute living hell out of each other for this X Division title held by Josh Alexander. And he walks away with it. He retains. He retains his title. How often in a ladder match with this many people do we see retentions? It's the same thing with Elimination Chambers. How often do you see retentions? Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't. It's, It's... it's fun when it happens. It's it's great booking when it happens. And, you know, these guys knew what they were doing going in because the match was almost flawless. The mm-hmm. way that they transitioned, the way that they created their own, like, Tower of Doom spots mm-hmm. without needing a corner to create the Tower of Doom. They were able to use just their bodies to create the Tower. It was great, man. Ultimate I, X matches are always so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Moving on to the first massive surprise return quote unquote uh, of the night um, we had a, ta- a mixed tag team match between Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood against his former best friend Matt Cardona and a returning Chelsea Green because Chelsea Green was on impact for a little while she yep. was on impact in Ring of Honor but she has returned and it's the hot mess it's not this pretty girl Chelsea Green that we know from WWE. No, it's the hot mess. Mm-hmm. And God, she's so much fun in this character because they kind of gave Cardona the same kind of look too, where he's kind of gone a little crazy. Um, and it, and it keeps this chaoticness in their matches, not to the same point of like Havoc and Rosemary, but it's like you can't it's like Moxley. You, exactly, it's much like Mox. You you don't know what to expect from him. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun, and um, Cardona and Green pick up the victory over Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood. It's the right choice. It is the right choice. We had a, as you as you put it last week, a big slab of beef match. Yep. Between Eddie Edwards and W. Morrissey, where W. Morrissey continues to build his resume in um, Impact to become this massive star that he deserves to be. He is incredible. He's so much fun to watch and he picks over the picks up the win over Eddie Edwards. It's it's a deserve off of a powerbomb. It's a deserved win for him. Yeah. It's a big um pay-per-view win for him. And and is it just me or is it like when you got a big guy like that, like when you have a Diesel or you have a Keith Lee or I mean the Undertaker when he was using the last ride. The power bomb is just so devastating. Yeah. I mean, I would even say Batista. Batista bomb. Yes. I completely forgot about Batista. I was thinking like tall, like big tall, guys. big guy. Yeah. And Batista. Always... I mean, Kali did a little bit of power bomb stuff. It was mainly choke slams yeah. and chops for him. Yeah. But like when no. you have these big, massive men and you, the... ha- and you use the power bomb for it just him, seems so devastating. You know what I mean? I would say, and this is like future booking in WWE, but if they ever turn Bronson Reed heel, give him a powerbomb. Yeah. I mean, does, um, what does Brian Cage use for a finisher? Powerbomb. There you go. Okay. I'm almost certain it's a powerbomb. That's what I mean. You just got these big guys and it just, it almost feels like, 
so if somebody does not want to work with you, like they're strong <laughs> enough to get you up and Nia Jax. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just don't want to do business. It's like, all right, well, I'm big enough to get you up. and I'll I'm going to get you up and I'm going to powerbomb your ass through this mat. Yeah, I'm just going to drop you. You know what I mean? So they try to sandbag you. And I like the fact that Morrissey got the finish with that move because it just fits his character so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had a uh, we had a outside the ring interview with a super fan um, where Shira and Madman Fulton uh, interrupt and they come out and they're complaining that they weren't allowed to be... Uh, ringside during the ultimate x match yada yada and they were met by a returning finn juice david finley and juice robinson uh former impact tag champs um they were met with them uh an impromptu match was made and they get the w in their return it's a huge win for them to come back um i'm excited to see juice robinson back in uh, impact and i'm gonna get to him in a little bit because apparently something happened off camera after the show ended but we'll get to that at the okay. very end. Okay. I don't know if you've heard this, but no. I, I heard some some rumblings that this happened. Okay. Um, we had a match between Chris Sabin and Moose. All right. A couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about um the six man tag with uh Sammy Callahan and Moose, Chris Sabin was the other guy I completely forgot. Okay. About. And I love the dynamic of again this big guy in Moose versus this this kind ex- of- former X Division champion Chris Sabin. Yes. This small. Uh, David almost, Goliath. Yeah, exactly. A David Goliath, a small cruiserweight wrestler with a strong powerhouse wrestler. Super heavyweight where wrestler. Where Saban's able to pick up the victory, be it by a surprise roll-up, but it's still a victory But the nonetheless. thing is, is, again, if you do the roll-ups right, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It's not like you're, you're oversaturating it. And to me, the, the fact that Moose got on the top rope and did that crazy avalanche fall away slam in that mm-hmm. match just to show like hey I may be this big guy but I got my I can I got some you know ups and I can I can f- do flips and I can do all that stuff that was huge and kind of shows me why WWE was looking at him to mm-hmm. put him in the main event picture almost immediately upon arrival when they wanted to sign him so mm-hmm. uh moving on we had the fatal four way tag team match where the Good Brothers won the Impact World Title for the second time. That's incredible to me. And they uh, defeated VBD, which in this iteration the, was Rhino and Joe Doring, the they former the, champions. Yep. Uh, Rich Swan and Willing Mack, and Fala Ba. TJP was unable to pr- uh, participate. Uh, to participate, so he had to find a new tag partner, and he found a debuting No Way. Jose. Formerly no Jose. Yeah. It's no way. I know. God, it's fun to see him wrestling again. It is. It is. He's had a lot of time off because he was part of the first round of cuts. He was last part of, year. Yeah. And I think he was yeah, he just never he took some time off. He took time he needed. Yeah. Um, but he's back and he's uh joining up with Falaba and TJ P in this kind of faction group they have kind of going on. That'd be thing. a fun group. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, yeah, uh, to see these guys. But Good Brothers did pick up the belts, which makes sense considering what happened later in the match mm-hmm. or later in the night. Yep. Up next, we had our Knockouts Championship match between Deanna Perrazzo and a Impact debut for Thunder Rosa. I believe it was her Impact debut. I know she's been doing some stuff with AEW, but I believe this was her uh, debut in Impact. Yeah, she's been Put doing. On a- 
put on a great match with Diana. Yeah, it was funny because last week we were listing all the people who could've... and we completely we forgo- skipped over we Thunder Rosa. For- we completely forgot about Thunder Rosa, and that's on us. That's that's just that's bad optics on us, you know. Which <clears throat> now that I'm thinking about it, um, Thunder Rosa is part of a tag team with another wrestler. I need to figure out who it is. I can't remember her. Oh, Holiday is what her name is. Thunder Rosa and Holiday are a tag team. They have been on the independent scene and they're called the Twisted Sisters. Could we see if Holiday finds her way into Impact as that's a potential challenger for Havoc and Rosemary? It could be. If because they already way. have that as the Twisted Sisters, they have that cracked Tw- yes, they, they they have the uh, cracked the, character, the, to sw- the, the switch, switch that can be played with. You know what I mean? Which Thunder Rosa has been doing a lot of her her Mexican <clears throat> heritage uh, as pa- not part of her gimmick because that's not no, fair it's to her say. character. It's her character. Yeah, but she wears a sugar skull on half her yeah. face and stuff like that. The Twisted Sisters have the same kind of thing. They have this the sugar skull kind of look to them, um, which they when they were on the independent scenes they had a very like twisted. Uh, crazy kind of gimmick to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could see a fl- a switch flip and her rejoin with Holiday and all that as a tag team in AEW or Impact or what have you. That would be a lot of fun. It would. But Deanna Praza does come out on top in this match. And sorry, I was talking a lot. I need to take a breath there. We had a massive return. Yeah, Mickey James. Yep. And my favorite part was during her promo. She made a trash back joke. Yep. Oh my god, the reaction I gave to that, the reaction the crowd gave to that. But she is back, and I think she's ready to face Deanna. I think so too, and I think uh, Deanna goes over. You got to keep Deanna with the title. Mm-hmm. I, she just she she's claiming to be the best in the world, so just have her just keep beating everybody. Mm-hmm. And eventually, when they decide to do something for a unification between Burt Baker and Deanna Prazo, that's where you have to figure out who you're putting your chips on. Mm-hmm. Which, that's going to be tough for me because I love both of them. Yep. Deanna Peraza is one of my favorite uh, women's wrestlers. I ha- I saw a match. I believe it was with Deanna. It was at a uh, show called WWR, Women's Wrestling Revolution. It was a full women's wrestling show. Mm-hmm. It was a independent show. It was in, I think, Worcester. I think at the, the uh, White Eagle or whatever it was. The main event was, I believe, Deanna Perrazzo versus Awesome Kong. And Deanna Perrazzo went over. Wow. Which was huge because she she gained the admiration of Kong after that match. Obviously, in storyline, that's what they planned on doing. Yeah. But that was huge to see because I also met Karen Q at that show. Um, I met... Um, Hot Scoop Skyler, who I believe is still wrestling on the independent scene. She's a lot of fun to watch. If we if we see Scoop Skyler coming to Impact AEW or Ring of Honor or somewhere soon, watch out for her because she's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I also met uh, Thunder Rosa and Holiday at nice. that show, which was a lot of fun. And um, they so the Twisted Sisters had a match with the Sea Stars. I don't know if you've seen the Sea Stars on AEW, which is um, Ashley Vox and... Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. I have to look this one up. I'm sorry because they're one of my favorite women's tag teams of all time. So it is Ashley Vox. Ashley. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm dragging away from the show. Ashley Vox and Delmi XL. That's who it is. Uh, Team C Stars. They had this like weird like fish gimmick, mm-hmm. but they're from the area. They're from Providence. Oh, nice. So um, I believe Ashley worked. I don't know if you've ever been to Guild in Rhode Island. It's no. a brewery. No, she used to work there. She used to be the uh, bartender there. So the Guild has put on wrestling shows. They've like hosted independent shows. Yep, where they were like the host of the show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't like their promotion, but they held the show and they had like um, beer specials, specific brews for the show. Yeah, for the uh, and and Vox and Delmi were always in the main event. Well, I mean, it makes sense if you're going to be yeah. working at the place. Yeah, uh, exactly. Going to push you a little bit. And when they're not wrestling, they're working <clears throat> at the bar. That's awesome. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Moving on back to Slammiversary, our main event: Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan in an ODQ match. You figure this would play right into Sammy's hands. It would. You figure the way the story's been going to play right into Sammy's hands. Mm-hmm. And somehow Kenny retains. Yeah. I mean, yes, a one-winged one one one... angel into thumbtacks helps. No, I get it. And and the one-winged angel is a move that doesn't get kicked out of. Nobody's ever kicked out of it. I, I understand that. Kazuchika Okada. Oh, he did kick out of it. He has kicked out of okay. it. Okay. So one guy's kicked out of the one with yeah, the angel. Yeah, pretty okay. much. So basically, it's almost like the tombstone pile driver to the point where only towards the end were people kicking out of it because up until Kane kicked out of it um, at WrestleMania 14, no one ever kicked out of it. Only Hogan had kicked out of it, and that's it. So um, it's just it felt like the right time to put the belt on Callahan. Mm-hmm. It really did. I I. I almost feel like it's a. It's, it's not a, like a, is it like a slap in the face? It's like a missed opportunity. It definitely is. Um, I see because what happened after the match, why they may have done it, but so what? After the match, you get you get um switchblade. Yeah, Jay White. So what? He's gonna take another belt off of somebody else now? No, because this is what I was gonna talk to you about. So post-match, when Kenny is celebrating with the Good Brothers, all have their belts together, Switchblade comes out, who is another member of Bullet Club, former member, uh, the Elite were former members of the Bullet Club, Yep. Uh, former or current leader of Bullet Club, I can't remember, um, comes out, and they throw up the two sweet for him, and he denies it. Show fades to black. I could be wrong, but apparently... After that, after the Good Brothers and Kenny leave the ring and Jay, uh, Jay White staying in the ring, Juice Robinson comes and faces him. Juice Robinson comes out and face-to-faces with Switchblade. Okay. So that could be setting up that never wait, uh, never open weight title. I believe that's what I heard. Okay, but even then, I don't see Jay White dropping that title to Juice Robinson. So... Are they really just going to continue to make Kenny Omega the collector at this point? Because I would see them putting the belt on him kind of like what Austin Aries did when he collected belts from belts and belts and belts. Yeah, but the thing belts. was, is, all right, so Austin Aries was collecting belts and belts and belts and belts and belts, but he was co- collecting them from very small promotions. Do you know yeah, what I'm where saying? Kenny Omega's collecting, He's collecting every single large. Yeah. What's he going to show up at Ring of Honor next and take the championship up from Ring of Honor? Wouldn't I be mean, shocked. He's already got Triple R. 
He's got both impacts. Both impacts and TNA. Mm-hmm. He's got AEW. He's what he's going to take the never open weight potentially. Potentially go to ROH, take the world championship there. Go to New Japan, take the NWJ, NJ, NJPW title. Like, I mean, when Austin Aries was collecting all the belts, name me one promotion that was a top 10 promotion in the world. That Impact. Okay, so he had the Impact. He held title. the Impact, but he also held, like, Progress and Evolve and all these other small, now WWE... Uh, territories. Territories. Okay. Yeah, okay, i give you a point. But that's also because... Why couldn't Jay White have come out after the match, after Sammy Callahan, you know, won, and Sammy Callahan is like... And Jay White challenges Callahan. Yeah, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to challenge Omega. I get, yeah, Omega's the build. I I understand Omega's the, is the creme de la creme. He's gonna, he's gonna put asses in the seats. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm Omega'd out a little bit. With him having every title and every main event. I agree with you as well because this Omega character, this collector, this hiding behind uh, Callus. Okay, hiding behind Callus annoys me. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to say behind behind the Good Brothers, he almost feels like the ultimate boss after you get through certain people. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about him hiding behind the Bucks. Yeah. That's him using his minions to throw against his opponents. Correct. What pisses me off is him hiding behind Callus because the Kenny Omega I fell in love with, the character and the wrestler I fell in love with, was him putting on 65-minute matches with Kazuchika Okada in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm. With him putting on five and a half stars. The first time Meltzer ever broke his scale, really, like, started to really break his scale, was with Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega. Their trilogy. Yeah, because I think he gave one a seven star or something like that, right? It was something ridiculous like that. But it's because they put on wrestling matches. And it's like they told stories, but their builds started with the bell ringing and ended with the bell ringing. They didn't have to do all these... Hiding behind a manager, yada yada. Yes, they did have a little bit of chaos versus Bullet Club kind of build, but nothing like Sammy Callahan gets arrested. They have a contract signing the whole thing. They told a story from bell to bell, and it was intr- it was interesting. It was intriguing. It was breathtaking. That was the Kenny Omega I fell in love with. Yes, but the thing is about the Kenny Omega that you fell in love with. Okay. Is that the Kenny Mega you fell in love with was a foreign superstar, okay, on a program that hosted one event a month, okay? He's not, he wasn't on live TV every week having to create story arcs. I understand that. The thing is, is we are getting a company in Impact who is headed by Don Callis who worked under Vince McMahon, Tommy Dreamer, who worked under Paul Heyman, and you're going to get those types of storylines. It's just what's going to happen with Mm -hmm. the police being involved and this guy getting arrested and yada, 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 yada. It's just what's happening. So I have no problem with the the idea of how everything kind of gets built up. I just have a problem with Omega just taking all the championships. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's just my thing. It's like... So you're gonna bring Jay White in, who I, I 
I know very little about Jay White, but what I do know and what I've heard about Jay White from his time over in New Japan is he's incredible. Like, he's he's top 15 wrestlers in the world. Okay. If you're going to bring him over and then you're just going to have Omega take the title off of take that title off of him, it, it, it squashes him. It does. It kills him. It it, it, we, we it talk, kills we talk, the push of a lot of we talk about Kenny uh, Cody Rhodes. I mean, Kenny Island. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Island going on. But Kenny Island is if you come to him with a belt and he wants it, he takes it. Exactly. He's Thanos. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the Doink and Doink Connection. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to hit us up on the show's Instagram page at Double Doink Network, or reach out to us on our personals at DJ Ald and at Darlaufen Doink five zero eight. We are available to stream at any time on your favorite podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and many more. Thank you again so much for listening. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.